Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Whew. Time to talk wild Monday night football finish with Keyshawn Johnson and Richard Sherman. Morning, gentlemen. What's happening, Skip? Good morning, Skip. Not Buffalo, because it was not such a great morning for the Bills, who turned it over four times at home. And in the final seconds, of course, committed a crucial 28-yard pass interference penalty. Then took Denver kicker Will Lutz right off the hook for missing the winning field goal with... 12 men on the field. From five yards closer, only 36 yards. Lutz nailed it right down the win, uh, the middle for the game winner. And what a kick in the stomach it was for Buffalo. Broncos 24, Bills 22. Broncos rise to four and five, while Bills fall to five and five. Richard Sherman, your reaction to losing a game because of 12 men on the field? Well, first off, Skip, I, I don't get it. I don't get it because the field goal block situation is usually just your starting defense. Hey, let's let's line it up, guys. You know, you get a few guys here and there that come on the field, but for the most part, it's just your starting defense. You don't need a whole lot of subbing in and out. So there's rarely a situation where you could run into 12 players on the field. Maybe add a lineman, take a safety out, something like that. But yeah. You don't really need to do that. So that's on coaching. That's on coaching. You're getting too cute in a situation you don't need to be cute. You're more than likely not going to block this field goal. And so what are we doing? What exactly are we doing? And what is your intent? Because you just lost the game because you're trying to get cute on a play where they missed the field goal. The, the thing you wanted to happen, happened. And you can't benefit from it because you're getting too cute. And this is the whole game. They're, they, they're getting too cute, Skip. They ran the ball well because everybody's saying, hey, Buffalo needs to run the ball well. Well, Cook ran for, like, I think he averaged 9.1 a carry. Yep. Skip, they ran the ball well. They, but Josh well. Allen not taking care of the ball. No. What are we doing? Week in and week out, Josh Allen has 11 interceptions on the season, leading the league again. When Dak Prescott leads the league in interceptions last year, we, yep. we, we jumped down his throat. Hey, Thank hey. Thank you. We, we, Thank uh, you. We jumped out of the throat. Hey, Dak, we got to yeah. be better. But Josh Allen, we just lead the league in, in turnovers year in and year out, and we just let it go. We just say, oh, man, he's such a talent. He's such a generational talent. We got And I like Josh. Josh is a good guy. But you got to stop turning the ball over. <laughs> well, I think when you look at – and I'm giggling because you brought up the Dak Prescott situation, and clearly we all kind of think alike in terms of that. Um, when you talk about – Who's to blame, the sloppy play? I think it goes all the way around, right? There's a little bit of it that, that, that you can divvy up from the players, the coaching staff. When you talk about preparation, Richard is right. 
typically in the teams that I've been on with some of the coaches that I've played for, this would have never happened at the end of a game. No. Because like Richard says, you in that situation, okay, you're going to leave your defense on the field. You're probably not going to exchange anybody because there's no timeouts. There's no time for running back and forward. They already know that they are prepared in situational football for this to come. Okay, they're going to now kick a field goal. We know this. We understand this is what's going to happen. They're going to kneel down, kneel down. They're going to kick a field goal. They're going to go field goal block stay with the normal defense on the field. Mm -hmm. So this is on Sean McDermott. This is not on the players. It's on Sean McDermott, the special teams coach, to know, hey, we just probably practiced this on Friday before we started our walkthrough. We practiced it on Saturday Saturday before we left to go to the hotel. It's no excuse at all. So now you switch to Josh Allen and you talk about turnovers. There was three in this game that cost the football team. You talk about the interceptions, and then you talk about the fumble. Then obviously Cook fumbled the football. Well documented. You say, hey, 11 interceptions this season, 14 takeaways, total giveaways, better yet, for Josh Allen. But when you go and you look at his body of work over a period of time, if you go back, Skip, to 2018 – since he entered the league, he is leading, He's leading. the He's National leading. Football League, yep. not by one, not by one, but by nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and, and Richard is right. We have the tendency to go after certain quarterbacks when they turn the football over, and I believe a lot of that is draft status, where you were drafted, how fast <laughs> you rose in most people's eyes mm-hmm. to being the competition of a Joe Burrow along with a Patrick Mahomes, where the other guy in particularly in this case is Dak Prescott, who has struggled. But if you look at the body of work over the course of his career, he's been pretty lights out. But there's a few games that he hadn't won that people point to and they criticize him. But if this quarterback of Josh Allen is supposed to be the guy, Skip, how come he continues to turn the football over in crucial situations and we tend to do one of these? Yeah. I mentioned at the beginning of the year, talked about it. Then I forgave him because he started playing. Well, I'm like, oh, okay, well, he cleaned that up. Well, guess what? It hurt the team again. Mm-hmm. So in this situation, they're right now on the outside looking in to get to the playoffs, and they very well could be with a host of other teams sitting around just like us watching the games come gotcha. playoff time. That is correct. Okay, back to 12 men on the field. I can't remember 12 men on the field costing a team an entire football game, but that's what happened last night because obviously if you have 11 men on the field, we're having a whole different conversation right now that Josh Allen survived his turnovers. Yes. Okay, so Sean McDermott says after the game that they practiced, he said, I'm going to quote him, two or three times hustling in field goal block for dime. Okay, that, that they went through it at least, he said, two times, maybe three times in practice. I think he said the Thursday practice. The point is, I, I'll give them a small break for this. They had so many injuries in their secondary. It seemed like all the safeties got banged up and hurt. I don't know who's actually on the field goal block team, but it's possible that injuries depleted them to the point that there was some confusion on the sideline about now who's in on field goal block. I want to cut you off real quick on that one, Skip. There may have been confusion, but there's somebody that's standing there that says, Skip is out, you're up, Richard. I I totally agree. I I got it. I know it's chaotic. You guys have been there a thousand times, especially late game. It just goes total chaos on the sideline. The special teams coach has to be right on top of it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's plenty – 
that there's enough time and you can have enough presence on the sideline to at least get that part right. Because I watched on the other side as Sean Payton got his field goal kick team yes. ready to fly in. And they had clearly practiced quick field goals under fire, under pressure with clock ticking down. So they were ready. All the Buffalo time. Buffalo was not. Skip, skip. You in know. those situations, you practice every, pretty much every personnel you're in. Sure. Hey, if you're in dime, then the safety goes here, this safety goes here, the dime goes here, the nickel yeah. goes here. If you're in nickel, these, this is the situation. If you're in base defense, these, these are spots you go in. And usually it's replacing the dime with the yeah. sandbacker or et cetera, et cetera. So you practice these situations because you don't have time to sub in and sub out or you're going to run into the situation. Yeah. So, again, this is on Sean McDermott. He has to be better. He has to know that his team is in dime. Hey, stay on the field. Just stay. we got to survive the damn. We're not blocking this field goal. We're in dime. we got to overcome the situation we're in because we got to stop, but we're not going to be able to get a field goal block team out. All right. Back to Josh Allen. I'm not being 2020 hindsight hypocrite here. I have called him out for his turnovers since his rookie year. And I've called Dak out for his turnovers also. But I have not given Josh Allen any break on this because he is the ultimate turnover machine in the National Football League. He, his blessing and his curse is his cannon of an arm because I think he's got the best arm in all of pro football. I, I think it's a little better than Mahomes even. But he doesn't have consistent touch. His first interception was an absolute rocket over the middle. I, I'm not sure if Keyshawn could have caught it. I, I don't know. Maybe no, hold on, Skip. Hold on. Hold first on. of all, that's yeah. a catchable ball. No, but that's, that's, a, that's okay. It's it's gonna, that's even better because yeah. it's going to stick. The faster it go, it's going to stick. Yeah, You're okay. a professional football player. That interception is not on him. If Davis catches that, he can come out the back yeah, end and be at the five-yard line. But, hey, <laughs> If you have any touch, if you, if you throw a more catchable football, the, 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 the play was open to be made, and he just reared back and fired That's it. That's what as he hard should do. No, I, There's everybody crossing not. like this. He's got to put it on there. That. I don't think you believe that with your heart of hearts. You got to, because yeah. if he lollipops that, hey, that dude's going to get you hit. Know, what, you should know, of all people, the high traffic with, with the ball coming that fast, it's on you before you know it. You can't even get your hands yeah, up. Yeah, but his head was already turned yeah. around, Skip. All right, so the point is that – he will try, because of his arm, blessing and curse, he will try just about anything at any time. And, Richard, I give you what you said. He seems like, I don't know him, but I've, I've just watched a thousand interviews with him. He's great. I think you guys have had him on mm -hmm. the post game and all that. He's, he's, I, I don't know how you could ask for a much better face of the franchise, but you have to hold him accountable because this team should be a little better than 5-5, five and five, and the, the quarterback is often at fault because he tries any and everything. And, and it's in part because he's trying to get them over the hump. Mm -hmm. And yet, all of a sudden, there's a quarterback on the other side that a lot of people wrote off, and Richard knows him really well because Richard played a whole lot of football with him. And his name, he's still afloat. His name is Russell Wilson. And all of a sudden, Denver is cooking because we're letting Russ cook in some old ways that Sean Payton has finally figured out, well, he's pretty good at this. Yes. And I, I wanted to show you the, the last two drives, some of the things he improvised, and it's sort of vintage Russ. I don't know that he has quite the arm or the escapability he used to have, but he's figuring out little big ways to get it done. If we could see those, I think it's seven completions in the last two drives, a lot of them are just little imp that, that wasn't too bad there with the Judy. And then 
he gets out and gets it to P. Ryan for the that was for a first down. That was sweet. And a lot of flips into the flat. And that was for another first down. And then that was mm-hmm. okay. Well, have it you, seems like you've seen me, that Skip, before. Yeah. It yeah. seems like to me he yeah. wants to take. Yeah, there's another one. He yeah. wants to take. He showed me last yeah. night that there's he wants to take his flip. good name back. Yeah. That's yeah. what he showed and, me. And, and, and you don't have to, you know, with him, it is. They're being conservative. He's being conservative. Yeah. He's, he's dinking and dunking. It's, it's and when the opportunity presents itself, he's taking shots. That's who he's been his whole career. Late in the fourth quarter, he's going to scramble around. He's going to find a guy deep. He doesn't have the same, necessarily the same rapport he had with, with Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as he does with, with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Be, but that is what he does well. And it's cool to see him and Sean Payton finally getting on the same page because you cannot try to make – somebody drew Brees, and I think that's what they tried to do at the beginning of the season and that's not necessarily his game Good point. he's been very efficient he leads the the league in touchdown percentage uh he's amongst the league leaders in touchdown passes thrown this season uh his, his yardage is down because he's making sure he takes care of the football he gets the ball down the field they're playing good defense they're running the ball well that's the recipe for success with Russell Wilson and it has been but to your point about Josh Allen People keep saying, hey, the ball bounced off the receiver's hands and you can't blame him for tipped up passes. And you're right. You can't blame him for once in a in every now and then a ball getting tipped up and things like that happening. But consistently every single year, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. And now in 2023, he's leading the league in turnovers. And so. At some point, you have to hold him accountable and say, maybe it's a little bit on him. Maybe to Skip's point, maybe he's not showing the touch that you need. Maybe throwing from the, out from the opposite hash is not the play that needs to be made. So you, people always talk about Brock Purdy and all his deficiencies, and he doesn't have this and he doesn't have that. Well, he plays the game at a high level. He leads the league in QBR. He, does. he, he doesn't, takes care of the yeah. football. He, you, he gets the ball to his weapons. And to Dak Prescott's point, He's been playing well the last three games. He's getting the ball to C.D. Lamb more than he ever has. He's finally, they, they're finally targeting him in a way that makes him a, 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 an elite receiver. He's putting elite receiver numbers up. And so we have to be critical of the guy who's a great person but has been cost his football team wins. He's getting paid the big bucks because they want to be able to lean on him. They want to be able to trust him to win the game in these situations. And they're 500 because he's not taking care of the ball and the defense isn't standing up when they need it. I don't think we're letting him out of the weeds in this situation, but I've always been one, and you know this, Skip, I'm going to discount interceptions. Whether it's Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, whoever, I always just go like this, right down the middle. Because a lot of them are mistakes a lot of them are dropping balls or running the wrong routes and they get the credit for it so I I get that Josh Allen though is a quarterback that I would love to have on my team there's no question about it because he has too many great qualities as a quarterback to ignore so when you talk about throwing the football making a change up manipulating the football to make it easier for a receiver to catch that you're paying a whole lot of money to Richard I'm not with that now yes when you're late throwing from one hash across the field and getting an interception, that's on you. Because what happens in that situation, because you have a Verlander of an arm, okay, you think you could just throw it anywhere all over the lot, it'll get there before the DB. That's not true when you're doing that because the DB is going to react. And he paid the price late in that game on the interception. Mm -hmm. And so now when you start to really break him down, 
Is he a quarterback that you can trust late in games on a consistent basis? And so far throughout his career, he hasn't shown us that he is that guy. Yeah, he had the one at Kansas City. That, there you go. You already read my mind, right? You had the one at Kansas City where it was yeah. like not his fault. He did everything he could to put him in it. They yeah. wind up losing the game. But there's not enough data that I can look at and say on a consistent basis, he's the guy late in fourth quarters yeah. that I can surely trust Skip to get me the W with his arm. You play for a coach who famously said, you are what your record says you are. And it says that Josh Allen's team is 5-5. Five and five. Their schedule is pretty rough. It's the fourth toughest remaining schedule. While on the other side of the ledger, I'm a big Sean Payton fan. He's obviously a chip off the Parcells block. Mm -hmm. And it took a while. They gave up. Somehow, I still look back at it as the 70. average 70 points. How do you give up 70 points? And then you turn around, and over the last four games, they're looking. At this, this is, uh, I, before the year started, I picked them to be a wild card team. They still have a chance, but they sure didn't look like a wild card team at Miami because it was hard to fathom how a defense that was top five-ish last year right. could, could come out and give up that many points. And it, it should have been worse than 70. He called off the dogs after three quarters down in Miami. And the last four games, they're our top five defense. And mm -hmm. last night, they, they looked really good to me. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say last night about the defense, one of the things that I noticed was Sertan, okay, how the third. Whoa. I mean, he's just – he's a long dude. When he you gets play his against hands, his father? Yeah, I played against his dad in, yeah. in Miami. But when you get – and I think he was in Kansas City as well. When what? you get hands on – when he was getting hands on the receivers, he was disrupting what Josh Allen wanted to do. Yeah. So he had to go off for one, back to two to get to three. And by the time that happened, the rush was already up on him. And I'm also a fan yeah. of Dalton Kincaid that I wanted Dallas to draft – and, and I thought he was going to just, like, change life in Buffalo. And much of the night, last night, they were putting Sertan on Dalton. You know, he's, yeah. he's like Pat a receiving tight end. Patrick Sertan is one of the best corners in the National Football Ooh. League, hands down. One of the most technical corners from a backpedaling standpoint, off coverage, press coverage. And he's been kind of lost this season because their record hasn't been the greatest yep. and the defense hasn't been playing well. Yep. Um, so you kind of lose that. Uh, between him, Sauce Gardner, Darius Slay, you know, some of the elite corners, Jalen Ramsey now back in yeah. Miami. But if you look at the tape and you look at just how you want a corner to look, how you want his pedal to look, how patient you want it, the speed, uh, his eyes, his placement, he is teach tape week in and week out, and he deserves all the credit in the world. He, he's well coached. He's been well coached. His defense has been playing lights out, like you said, the last four weeks, but I still don't have them winning. I still don't have them in the playoffs. They have some tough games coming up. Josh Dobbs is now a very tough out in Minnesota. Kevin O'Connell is making his coach of the year. Um, they got case. him at Denver. Yeah, they got another primetime game, yep. their third primetime yep. game in a row, yep. uh, Monday Night Football. Mm -hmm. uh, then they got the Browns. That's going to be a very tough out. Deshaun That's is playing Denver. well. Yep. Yep. And that defense is really tough to deal with. Houston Texans, we're talking about C.J. Stroud and his, his MVP case and how yep. he's been playing. And D'Amico and these guys, got they can probably beat the Chargers. That, that's a game they can probably win. The Lions, Dan, Dan Campbell, I don't see them winning that game. So it's then a, they get the Patriots, and then they get the Chargers at home. Mm -hmm. I, I think they got a shot. They yeah, got I, think, a shot. I think they got a shot. Wow. I think, they, I think they certainly got a shot just listening to you run it off. Cleveland certainly saw some. Minnesota's showing some, but I'm not ready to just say Minnesota's all of a sudden 
has a rebirth. And then yep. Cleveland, Deshaun's playing well. Houston's going to be tough because they just scrappy. The Chargers, I, I think by the time they get to the Chargers, they probably going to put a, a, a nice nail in their coffin because the Chargers certainly aren't a team that scares me. Detroit's going to be fighting for some sort of seeding. The Patriots, again, coffin-type situation. The Chargers coffin. And then, obviously, the Raiders will be fighting for a playoff spot right with them if they continue to keep going. If they can figure out how to beat Miami down in Miami and upset Kansas City and Kansas City, they'll be in the mix. Yeah. And, yeah, Buffalo, you look down their stretch, and they have to go to the Eagles. They have to go to Kansas City. They do have the Cowboys up there. I'm not feeling so bad about that game right now. And then they have to go to the Dolphins to end it. So <laughs> it, it's no cakewalk for them coming home. Yeah. The fact that you don't feel uh, scared of, I, I, I a little bit. I was very scared of that game. Now, now all of a sudden. Huh? In <laughs> fact, I had put a big old blue L. Yeah, the, o- the only thing that I would say yeah. is that weather can turn. I know. It and can, it can be I, problematic. I, it can yeah, be. And, but I, I just don't. I, I don't know because Josh Allen isn't putting up the big numbers consistently. Well, he's still, he still got the yard. So, so let's not get too crazy. But the, the interceptions, the fumbles, the turnovers, and big games, big situations, it's almost like a defense can, can hunt for him and, and get him. You, you kind of expect him as a defense. You expect one or two a game um, because of the way he plays the game. I, I, I see them, you know, they're going to be in a dogfight in a divisional game yeah. against the Jets. They can beat the Eagles. I, I, it, it, it could go either way. It's just a, it's a wild card. Yeah. Last quick point, because we would be remiss if we didn't show Russ's touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton because it was a thing of beauty, though it's debatable whether it was lucky or good or both because my rule of thumb is on fourth and goal if the quarterback has to retreat and is getting chased backward. Your odds of completing a pass at that point are like 2%. I was going to say about 3%. No, no. Russell has done this in his whole career. If anybody can, boy, that is it's. I've seen it. Well, he threw it only where his guy could catch it. Yep. I mean, if you you look at from a back angle, Russell deliberately threw it in the back corner of the end zone where only Sutton was going. He knew he was going in that direction, so he threw it exactly where he wanted him to catch it at. He I, didn't I, put it short or anything. I've seen I've seen Tyler Lockett catch this pass from oh, Russ yeah. probably five, six yeah. times. Yeah. Doug catch it six, seven times, Jermaine Curse. This is what he does. This is what he does well, um, and it's good to see him getting back to it. Boy, it is. But you know what? Thank God for instant replay because immediately the ref is just saying no good, and I'm saying Really? Are you sure? And then we take one look at it and you say, ah, he got his feet down. Human error is just, it, it, it's rampant when, when the play is bang, bang like that on the, the edge. It, of the everything so. happens so fast. Those referees, it's, things are just flashing in front flashing. of them. All right. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, we got to talk about them next because, wait a second, is the bandwagon rolling for Dak to be in the MVP conversation? That is next. Hey folks, it's your man Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze 
to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com, or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. The bandwagon is rolling for Dak Prescott to at least enter the MVP conversation. Stephen Jones said yesterday that Dak is playing, quote-unquote, as well as anyone right now. Dak has risen to third in QBR, just a tick behind Mahomes. And, of course, Brock Purdy remains first. And the Cowboys have now risen to second in scoring to the Dolphins. Dolphins are 32 points a game to Dallas's 30 points a game. So, Keyshawn, what shot do you give Dak of staying hot and winning MVP? Well, I, I think he'll I think he'll continue to play well. Now, staying as hot as he is right now, that would be something special. That means that you probably are going to head to Las Vegas in February for the Super Bowl. So I don't know that he's going to stay that hot. The problem that you have with Dak Prescott, he has to do more. Now, hear me out, Skip. Okay. He has to do more than other quarterbacks in the National Football League that is on that MVP list. I agree with that. And the reason he has to do you. more is because he's been buried – so deep about the past and things that that's he's true. done in the past that's given everybody this little sour taste in their mouth. Plus, plus he is the quarterback of America's team, but go ahead. A, a yeah. sour taste yeah. in the mouth yeah. because he is mm-hmm. in Dallas, number one. Yes. The owner talks a lot. He does. And people cannot stand y'all. Yeah. Okay, so that, that hurts him to some degree. It does. Plus, on top of that, what is it that me and Richard continues to talk about the Cowboys? Give me some quality wins, okay? Show me you can beat Philadelphia in Detroit, or you can go to Buffalo and beat them and go to a scorching hot Miami down there when it's 95 degrees in December and beat them. If you can do those things, now you can gain ground on Lamar and on Patrick Mahomes and and, and whoever else uh, is in the MVP conversation. But if you're still losing to 500 teams – you're not going to get the necessary votes that would have people excited about you. And I think that is what he's up against. He's up against the naysayers looking at him and saying, well, he beat the Giants. He beat the Patriots, but he can't beat the Niners. He can't beat uh, Buffalo. He can't beat Philly. That's his problem right there, Skip. Agreed. I agree. I agree with everything Keyshawn just said. He needs a signature win. He needs signature moments. For the MVP, when you have the MVP conversation at the end of the year, you're like, these are the signature MVP moments he had during the season when he beat Tua Tunga Bailoa with these passes or he went against San Francisco's defense and he had a four touchdown game or he he did this and he doesn't have them right now. Now, the last three weeks, he's played incredible football. He's played lights out. So he definitely deserves to be in a conversation. He's been 73 percent in the last three games. 
1,082 yards, 11 touchdowns to only two interceptions, an 83.3 QBR to Skip's favorite stat in the world for quarterbacks. Yep. So he has been excellent. And if he continues this trajectory the rest of the season, I think he'll continue to be in the conversation. But if they go the rest of the season and they don't win this division and they don't beat the Philadelphia Eagles again and they don't win out, then it's, it's highly unlikely that he gets in that conversation and he wins the MVP because he doesn't have a signature win yet. And guys like Patrick Mahomes will still be in the conversation. I would guess Christian McCaffrey still will. Um, Jalen Hurts, who's in his division, will still be in the conversation. So he has to overcome some things, but he's been playing excellent. Okay. I hear both of you, and I'm going to triple down on all of your emotions and your thoughts. Because this is eight years of Dak Prescott. And to me, he's disqualified from this year's MVP unless we could also include the postseason, but you can't. It's a regular season award. So just because of how he stunk it up at San Francisco on that Sunday night in that 42 to 10 thing, for me, that disqualifies. If I go back slightly before San Francisco, he stunk at Arizona, a game they should have won with with one hand tied behind their backs and had the lowest QBR that he had all year at Arizona. Those are two that they're such bad losses to me that they disqualify to all your points. He has been sensational. And I'm going to make this point for him. I'm looking down the road. I'm I'm looking into the postseason. I'm, I'm, you know, again, I'm looking at the glasses very half full, but I, I loved how he played against the Giants. And Keyshawn, you just kept saying, it's the Giants. I got it. I'm, I'm with you, but I'm, I'm doing eye test. I'm doing body language. I'm looking at comfort zone that he's in, and I'm listening after the game to the quote that he said to the reporters. He said, I can tell you that I've never been as confident, as free and as connected with the other guys on offense, with the play calling, and just this whole system. He is starting to love Mike McCarthy, and I don't think it's just a bunch of double talk for the media. I I think he is loving this system and loving what he's hearing in his ear from Mike McCarthy. So I am very hopeful about him going forward. But I even look back at the Philadelphia game. They go up and down the field in the fourth quarter. They have 14 first downs to Phillies, none in the fourth quarter. And I've told you before, yeah, I'm spoiled rotten because I I, I got to experience Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman and, for that matter, Dandy Don Meredith. And Dak has not lived up to that pedestal he sits on as the quarterback for the Dallas freaking Cowboys. I would say statistically, yes. Okay. Well, okay. But at Philly, you, you do everything, and you laughed at me for saying this yesterday, but win the game. And it's because the quarterback needed to make one play. Just, just one play. All I need is one. You got it first and five at the six-yard line, and you take a sack, and you go backward into third and 26 at the 27. You, you have a two-point try that could have changed life. It could have changed the whole dynamic of the game. And it looked like you could have just waltzed in the end zone to me and you step out of bounds. And then you throw it to the rookie tight end when you did have Brandon Cooks open on the right side. But clearly they were going, they they had a play that they loved from practice. And Jake Ferguson's sort of going to pick for the rookie tight end. And you're going to hit him. And for whatever reason, he catches the football fine and his knees down on the one-inch line. 
it, I just need a play. I need a quarterback who can make that one play. But I did love the body language from Sunday. And I love his chances going forward. And if, if you could have a postseason MVP award, I would give Dak a chance to go win it. Because to your point, Richard, yeah, I've seen three straight San Francisco games. And this is not over harsh criticism. I, I saw a home San Francisco game. He stunk in it. I saw a, a playoff game at San Francisco last year. And Dak flat out stunk. He threw two first half picks. He must have missed five open receivers that could have changed the game. And then I saw 42 to 10 this year at San Francisco. I, I need one one game, but I, I don't think down the stretch, if he beats Philly at home and then what? He beats Detroit at home and then he goes and beats Buffalo. Tua at Miami or, or Buffalo and Miami. Is that enough to be MVP? I, I don't think so because I would look at body of work and I'd say, yeah, but Arizona and San Francisco, I'm not sure you can overcome that because to be the MVP of this league, you've you got to be well, consistently Well, first of all, though, Skip, when you say Arizona, your defense gave up 28. They did. Okay, when you say San Francisco, you gave up 42. Yep. And then you gave up 28 uh, again to Philadelphia. You're supposed to have Dak this. threw a bunch of those points uh, to him. I, I, I don't know about a bunch of them. Well, he threw three second-half interceptions, and they went cash, cash, cash on all three of them. I, I understand yeah. that. But you also got to look at your defense that was supposed to be, in your eyes, one of the top two defenses I agree. at the start of the season fair, based fair on the 40 points. to nothing win that you yep. jumped out on the Giants. Now, I don't look at – those two games and disqualified Dak Prescott because there's a lot of games in front of him, teams like Buffalo fighting for uh, a playoff spot, teams like Miami fighting for a playoff spot, teams like Detroit trying to win the conference and get the number one, number two seed. There's a lot at stake moving forward. And this is why I first opened up my comments by saying there's a lot of naysayers and there are people that's going to bury him for the past and not looking toward the future and what he could potentially be. Now, you said, hey, he played phenomenal on Sunday. He's, he, he feels good. He's confident. Mm -hmm. And I am going to say it. You know what I'm getting ready to say? It's the damn Giants, man. I got it. We are All right, it. It's the Giants. Yeah. So we got to slow that down a little bit because if he can transfer that play from Sunday to the next three weeks yep. of the season mm – -hmm and do that against Philadelphia and walk away with a W? Yeah. Then you're talking about something. Yeah, I, I, but I, I would say everything you said was true. I think Dak is doing a great job. I don't think the beginning of the season will have much of an effect on the MVP voters because – as the great Pete Carroll always says, you can't win the game in the first quarter, second quarter, or third quarter. The fourth quarter of the season is where that, that award will be determined. If they're the one seed and he's throwing for 300, 300 plus a game, three touchdowns a game, um, they're, they're winning, they're scoring a lot of points, he's going to definitely be in consideration because the Cowboys will be watched Thanksgiving uh, in, in a couple weeks. They will be watched. He plays well in that primetime game. People will respect it. But I think at the end of the day, McCarthy and the balance that they'll have to show will, will slow him down because people will eventually put a top back over the defense, play too high. That's what defenses are doing. They'll make him run the ball. And McCarthy will get back to running the ball and not throwing it 35, 40 times a game. And that will, will stunt uh, Dak Prescott's chances to win MVP. Mm. But if he keeps playing at this pace, he'll definitely be in consideration. That's all I can say. Whether, whether he wins the MVP race or not, uh, you guys are going to have a decision to make in the offseason, though, Skip, on whether or not 
He's your quarterback moving forward. And if he deserves to be the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League, that some people will say, yeah. Some Skip, people will say no. Skip will say it don't extend him, Key. What did he was. do? I was. I was beating the drum. Beating the drum. You, 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 you was or you still feeling the same way? You well, was? Are you still I, feeling the same no, way right I'm now? Stuck with, I'm rooting for him. I'm, I'm hoping his hope that he so you breaks feel you, through. So you feel you stuck with year him? Year eight. Year eight, I need him to break through. What, what is he doing, Skip? What, what do you mean, what is he doing? He's playing well. And no, so man, you I still don't want to. You, you saw the game at Philadelphia. I just needed one play. It's Some quarterbacks can make that play and some can't. And he did Well, there's a lot. Up. Skip, Skip, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that ain't making that and play. We and we are the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, I hear you. Some of, those, than that. some of those guys that you talk about, yeah. stats don't look like you think they look. Okay. And I keep telling you that. <laughs> and, and furthermore, <laughs> if I can just speak as a Cowboy fan. If you're asking me, do I want him to win MVP? No, I don't want him to win MVP because I wouldn't want that hanging over his head going into the postseason. So here's what I'm going to say. Let me slow you down. No. Let me slow you down. Think about what you just said, Skip. Yep. You don't want him to win MVP. No, do you know Talladega Nights? Do you know the movie? Yeah, but I don't know. Don't, don't, don't put know. that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Do you know that line? I, know I, I don't want to put that evil on Dak Prescott. I, look, so you don't, don't want to win the division So you don't want to win the division? Heck yes, I want to win the so division. So if, if you win, if, if he plays like an MVP, yeah. that means you got to win the division for him to get the MVP. We're going to win the division and he won't win MVP. Uh, I, I got those things are probably going to be married this year because no, in order for him, win the NFC I'm froze East. right now. I can't even move. <laughs> because I, I already told you we're, we're going to win five straight. Philly is in danger. See, I was giving hey. your quarterback love and giving hey. your Cowboys some love, and then you start with the nonsense, no, Skip. I, there's no nonsense. You can't just I'm, I'm accept truth. What are you talking about? Okay, I'm talking about the Eagles have five losable games in a row. And y'all do so too. Y'all in a row? Are you kidding? Yes, me? in a row. Yes, in a row. What, what are you talking about? Start Carolina? with Carolina. At Carolina. You no, can Carolina, lose Carolina, that game they just because. They cannot Washington? Lose Sam, just because. Sam Howell is playing good football. You, so you think Washington, Washington just chopped liver? I do not, but we'll beat them on Thanksgiving. Hey, hey, All right, can another we game do, will be can better. We bet Thanksgiving I, got food, I got food on Thanksgiving. Okay. I don't need food. I need to eat on Thanksgiving. I'll send you something in aluminum foil, and they'll deliver it DoorDash to you. I'll bet you the Miami game. I'll bet you the Seattle game, the Eagles game. Skip, whatever you want to say. We just talked about the next five games. So you say we're going to lose at Carolina, no. lose to Washington. No, no, no. You, no. you're saying you're that saying they Philadelphia they a, got five losable games, and yes. so do you. You have, you have, what you are have. You talking about? You have Seattle, Eagles, no, Buffalo. My, but it's it's going to be a division game, so they could potentially. Yes. But I'm talking about losable games where these are winning teams, and y'all have not beat a winning team yet. Okay, so, go that route. Seattle. Eagles, Buffalo, Buffalo Miami, Miami we're not Detroit. That far down. We're just doing this stretch right here. You, that is, said, you said five. I, I, I can count five straight games. Carolina's one, Washington's okay, two, okay, Seattle's three, Philly's four, yeah. Buffalo's five. I can okay. count. No, four. I got four because I had them winning five in a row starting with the Giants. Oh, so you're going to go back on me no, now that you done beat the Giants. No, you get ready already, to flip the script. I already said that. Okay, so, I'll give you, you five so I'll give you the Giants. the next five for Philly because Philly is off. I'll give right? you the Giants. So you okay. say you can beat, you're going to beat okay. Carolina, you're going to beat Washington, you're going to beat Seattle, you're going to beat Philly. Y'all you going on a five-game run? Okay, so we're going to win five in a row. And last Philly time did is going that? to lose three of those games? Skip, that's when, not going to happen. When the last time I did that, Skip? Huh? Five games in a row. When okay. last time the Cowboys did okay. that? Okay, would you guys both like to bet on who will have the better five-game record when this is over? No, I mean, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you give me the hard five-game stretch that you all have, the Seattle to Detroit, 
and then get beat the right, uh, hard five bench. Right now, then, then, then miss me I'm with it. Skip. On, I'm miss on me. Record, you're, you're, but I'm on record. I already said you're, 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 it. You're, you're, you're a front runner. You're a front runner. No, Skip. I'm not. You're a front I'm runner. Not. Hey, no, we're no, gonna no, beat no, these no, teams no, with losing no, records. No, no, hey, we're gonna beat these teams with losing records. Wanna bet on it? I called it up front. Skip, that's not a hard call. Okay. Well then. That's not a hard call. You're going to be losing teams. They, Carolina's won one game. Hey, but you just said I'm going to Carolina's win. won one game. Time out. Time out. I already said we're going to beat New York. Then I said we're going to go to Carolina. New York's won two games. Okay, well, you just that's said. It's not hard to say. You just said Predict Carolina, something right? that's hard to but say. You said Carolina. Predict y'all winning game. against a winning team. A losable Predict y'all winning against no, a team I, I, with a winning I, record. No, okay, I now, said, you, now you're no, talking no, out of both sides of your mouth. Skip, I said Carolina's a losable game, and here's why. Because people like you. They've won one game. People like you. You walk in, and this happened three years ago with Teddy Bridgewater when y'all was rolling. And the Denver Broncos walked into Texas Stadium and smacked you. You know that stadium you keep saying I, you I, won 13 exactly years in a row? It was 30 to nothing after three quarters. Skip, yes, predict the because win. You, because Dak stunk. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, yes. you predicted at, okay. back then that, oh, it's the Denver Broncos, they're terrible. I Vic Fangio should be getting fired. Da, da, da. And then all of a sudden, they go in there and they take care of business. My caution to you, brother, is for you to understand what I'm saying. My, my caution to you, brother, is listen to me. Listen to me. If I, I listen said to you, I'm in trouble. Five in a row. No, I, I've caught. How many dinners have I already You're a front runner, Skip. You predict. Hey, we're going to beat the teams with losing okay, records because so they you, have lost all season. Are, are you cool saying, story. Are you saying Philly's going to go 5-0 Predict your wins, predict your wins against – Key, let me say something. Predict your wins against winning records. I want you I want you to do that. Stop talking to me about matter. teams I with just, losing records. Okay, but you guys just said they can lose these games. I told you they can lose the five-game stretch beat from Seattle to Detroit. And you can't say anything about that because you know how y'all perform against teams with winning records. Okay. So you're a front runner. So you're saying, hey, we're going to beat the one-win Carolina Panthers. We beat the two-win yes, Giants. We be, we're going to beat the two-win. Like, that's not saying anything. That's what y'all do. You just told me we can lose those games. I didn't tell you anything. Okay. I didn't tell you anything like that. I, I, this is blowing my mind. No, I, I said yeah. – you could lose to Washington yeah. because it is a divisional game. Okay. And Sam right, Holland, that offense well, plays well. To. I'm on record. Okay, so that's I'm fine. That, that's record. fine. And we let, will beat let, the Eagles. Let, yeah. Give Let's me your five-game stretch from Seattle to Detroit. Give me your okay. prediction for that. I, I got to see what happens to the next. Now you got to see what happens. I bet you can't yeah. just. Yeah, you, I'm already on record. When they, I bet him at dinner. We're going when to they don't have a division because Philly's going to struggle over yeah. the next five. You're a front runner, Skip. When they don't have a go against a team with a losing record, you got nothing to say because when uh, all those teams right there are either 500 or better. <laughs> a back yeah, runner. You are a back runner. But, but, but Skip, I, wait, I, we, we got to go. Wait, I know, I know, we got to go. I want you to go ahead and go to commercial break. Because y'all did everything, like you said yesterday, y'all did everything right except win the game. That is correct. Everything yeah. right. I, need I thought a the object was make the, one more. Point. I thought the object was to win the game. Wait, it is. It you. is. But we're going to win five in a row. I did everything okay. except win the yeah. game. I came right out of Philly. I said we're going to win the next five. Thank you. Okay. If Texas A&M happens to offer the job, should Dion accept that job? That is a good question. <laughs> Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Now for my favorite time in this show, it is your turn. You can reach us with your thoughts, pro or con, hashtag Undisputed Life. Here we go. First tweet from Sean. Me, when Richard Sherman acknowledges the Josh Allen, Dak Prescott double standard. Somebody got to do it. There. Thank you. Next up is True Story, who says, <laughs> the Bills special teams coach, LOL. We got Fred Princeton. <laughs> well, trying to count. And finally, Tony D says, we giving out MVP for beating up on losing teams? No, hmm. we're just acknowledging yeah. the fact that he puts himself in a position yeah. to potentially get it, and yeah. that's why Richard and I continue to Hammer, you skip about yeah. the teams that you play, right? Yeah. And you've beaten versus the ones that you like play and you lost to. Again, talking out of both sides of your mouth, but that's okay. Well, that's what you do. It's that's okay. why you got two sides of your mouth. That's true. That's I, I, I don't know how we talk about both sides. sides. Of your mouth, but okay. All right, here we go. Let's talk Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. Reportedly, it will cost Texas A&M. $77 million to buy out Jimbo Fisher's contract. Jimbo was fired despite a 45 and 25 record at AM and despite beating Mississippi State on Saturday 55 to 10 because, said athletic director Ross Bjork, we should be more relevant on the national scene. Mm. Huh, interesting. Who better to lift the Aggies <laughs> into the national spotlight? Then Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, the best interview in all sports, star of Aflac commercials with Coach Saban. So, Keyshawn, should AM pursue Deion? And if offered this job, should Deion accept the job? Well, two things you said, though, right? Should they pursue him? Yeah. Absolutely. 199.9%. 1,000%. Whatever you want to say, right? Million percent. They should, they should pursue him. Now, should he accept the job? It's something totally different. Now, we know that he played for the Cowboys. We know that he has taken up residency in the state of Texas. Yep. We get all of that. Mm -hmm. But let's not forget that Colorado is headed to the Big 12 Conference. They are. Now you get a little more money for the university athletic department, everybody. It kind of, you know, their pockets are getting full a little bit. So now they're going to have to relinquish some of that, whether he takes the job or not, to deal. You got to address his contract situation because every single year, doing firing time before the holidays, his name is going to continue to come up as long as he's coaching at Colorado. Many people think that AM is a bigger program yep. than Colorado. But again, I must say, he is at Colorado leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big 12, which gives him more money and more opportunity to compete on a national level. Now let's dive into why, what he is doing in Colorado, only not is he coaching the other guys on the team, he's also coaching his sons. Yep. His sons still have eligibility. They're not going to the National Football League yep. this season. They're going to wait one more year, according to Dion, before they put their names in the hat to turn pro. So what do you do there? Can the sons transfer? Well, not according to the NC2A rules. They can't transfer again. There's circumstances that I don't think they qualify and meet that will allow them to transfer. So it becomes a very sticky situation. Money changes a lot, though, in certain equations, right? How much money is enough money to get him 
to transfer. Are we talking about the highest-paid coach in college football, uh, $15 million a year, lifetime deal? Like, what would make somebody say, you know what, I- I'm going to go to A&M and I, I got to forget about Colorado? <laughs> You, you, Key, that question isn't as simple as what you were asking. Because the question is, how much money is enough to leave my sons at Colorado and abandon them and go coach in a school at, in Texas because they can't leave? And there is not enough money on this earth for Prime to do that. So this conversation isn't as relevant as we're making it out to be. He is a great father, and he has coached his kids at every level that they played, from Pop Warner to now college football. So I don't think at this point in time he's going to go chase the money and abandon his sons that he literally just said are coming back for another year. Now, if both his sons declared for the draft and they went into the draft and got drafted, then maybe there'd be a chance. There'd be definitely be a conversation. And Texas A&M has all the money in the world to throw at Prime. It's funny that these colleges have all the money in the world to literally buy coaches out to, hey, I'm going to pay you not to coach. But, hey, we don't need to pay these kids. We look, we'll give you 77 million or 72 million to go home. But now we these kids, this is an amateur game and it's, it's played by amateurs and we don't want to, to, to have a salary cap and things like that because these players will take it too far. That's the most ridiculous thing about college football. But no, I don't think there's a number. I don't think there's a conversation. I don't think Prime would ever even entertain it until his sons are out of college. Yeah, I wonder, but I wonder, Skip, if, if there's a – everybody revisits things multiple times. We, we just do. It's human. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do, I'm not doing I'm not in that. In that conversation, you know how it is, Skip, all of a sudden, those conversations change depending on the circumstances that are before you at that point in time. Two weeks ago, no, they're not going pro. Three weeks later, but I'm just saying, conversations, all of a sudden, they say, hey, you know, we really want to go pro, Dad, let us do what we want to do. Maybe. And it just, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to do it, not going to do it. I just know conversations change all the time. Okay. Here's what I know about Texas A&M. I know a whole bunch of Aggie alums. And on the night of October 9th of 2021, my phone blew up because in College Station, Texas A&M under Jimbo Fisher had beaten number one ranked Alabama. And it went to the wire. It was uh, 41 to 38. And the starting quarterback for Alabama that night was Bryce Young. So so they, they did it at the highest level. And yet they'd already lost a couple of games up to that point. And down the stretch of that season, they went to Ole Miss and lost a 29-19 game. And then they went to LSU and lost a 27-24 game. And they went up 8-4. and four. That's not what those people want. They were out of their minds the night of October 9th. But they want to validate that with a national championship. These are some of the deepest pocketed alums in this world. And yet they have the highest expectations. And it's funny to me because Colorado does have some football tradition and legacy because once upon a time, back in the, what was it, like 1990, I guess it was, yeah. they, they won the national championship. Mm-hmm. A&M, not, not so much. Yet A&M is now in the SEC, and, and you're going to have to deal with the Alabamas and the LSUs. And it's, it's a tough Oklahoma, place to Texas. go. Pretty soon you're going to have Oklahoma and Texas. And by the way, you're going to have to recruit as you have your lifelong against Texas for the best players in the state of Texas as Coach Sark. As, as well as Oklahoma, too, because they recruit Texas. Do they? And my point is it's, it's a tough place to coach. 
would would Dion work that? Sure, he would work. Now he's a Dallas guy, as opposed to this is more Houston because it's what college, college station about fifty or sixty miles up from Houston. But the point is, would would Dion put them on the national map? You better believe he would. They would expect if they made him the richest coach in the history of college football, they would want a national championship within two years. They, they would want it turned around quickly. And by the way, their talent now by the, the talent rankers ranks fourth in the country. So they're just saying, Jimbo, well, you, 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 you got to give us more than this. We, we give you all this money. We need national championships. We mm-hmm. need to be in the conversation. We need to be in the playoffs. And they're, they're not going to sit still for anything less than that. I still believe Colorado is a great place to coach. And, again, we took our show there, and it's a beautiful place. Does it get cold? Yes, it gets cold. It can get a little cold in College Station occasionally. Maybe not as cold as as Boulder gets. But to me, I I see Dion staying at Colorado because the Big 12 is a it's an easier route to go win a national championship to me because you don't have to fight through the SEC. Right. Right? Yeah, it is. That's yeah. why I said they're moving yeah. to the Big 12. And then in terms of money, they, he may not get what Texas A&M could offer, but he's certainly going to get a handsome increase. Yeah. No question about it. And, and to Sherman's uh, point, no, he's not going to probably leave his kids if they stay in school. No, no one would do that. I mean, he's not, he's not starving for money. Opportunities will still be there. There'll be another big opportunity after next season that'll pop up again. It's just that you... You just don't know, and I've always cautioned myself when a coach or a player says, no, I don't want to do this, they, they just come, man, I've been around it, I've been around it, Skip and Richard, where it's, oh, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do it. All of a sudden, as you know, Skip, in the middle of the night, they're meeting in an airport hangar somewhere, no one knows, and then yeah. all of a sudden somebody gets it, and it starts to crank, and it's like, oh, okay, he's thinking about it, he's thinking about it, he's thinking about it, and then it happens. So I'm just, like, cautious until I hear from Prime say, no, I'm not going nowhere. I'm staying my tail right here. I'm just going with, with what I know about Prime and what I know about this opportunity to coach his sons. The last time he will have the opportunity to coach his son, when you have invested the amount of time and effort that he has in his sons yeah. from the Pop Warner level to the collegiate level, and you have one last chance to coach them, I don't see him saying, yeah, skip that. I, I got to go chase this money when the money will still be there and this opportunity to coach his sons will never be there again. So I think that Texas A&M will go after Oregon's coach, Dan Lanning, somebody who's familiar with the SEC, somebody who came from yesterday. I'm, I'm, yeah, look, I'm staying. He's in the ahead. middle. He's in the middle of a, a, a of a contentious run yeah. they're, they're in the mix uh, to make the playoffs. But I think they can throw a situation where they throw enough money at him that he says mm, that he has those conversations in those meetings sure. in a secret hangar where something might happen because he's a guy that's familiar with the SEC and has had success. Okay. Well, could he get a waiver? Could Dion get a waiver for his sons to transfer with them from the NC2A of some sort? Could magically Texas A&M figure out how to manipulate Maybe. that? Money, money, money talks. And yet, allow me to, to defend the fact, I'm sure there are those out there saying, well, wait a second, Dion's going to finish four and eight, and somebody would make him the highest paid yeah, coach yep. in the history yeah, of college. Yes, would. they would. Yes, Absolutely, they would. 100%. Because he turned that program from rock bottom nowhere 
into competitive out of the box. They went to TCU and won, and they beat Nebraska, and they did beat Colorado State in overtime, and they've had a rough ride from there on. They did get smoked at Oregon. We, we get that. But in, in a lot of these Pac-12 games, they, they had your Stanford team down 29 to nothing and a half, and they blew it. But the, the point is, even against Arizona last Saturday, they competed to the bitter end. Man, they was up the whole they, they, game. They, they, they had them. They had them. They had them. It's phenomenal what he has done with that program overnight, turning it completely upside down. And, again, they lost a recruit the other day, but it sounds like they're going to be waiting wait until he gets back into that pool. Yeah, he, they, they, they lost a recruit, but then they're going to gain a recruit. Uh, they and then somebody else is going to lose a recruit because they're going to take that recruit. I agree. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think we're all saying Dion should probably stick around Colorado for another year. I, I would. Yeah. As long as his sons are there, then I would probably say, yeah. Yeah. But, the, again, these things change, man. These conversations be changing. Yeah. All of a sudden, Shadur and Shiloh sit at the table having some food, and they just get the conversation going. And, yeah. Dad, we really want to do this. This is really what we want to do. You know, yeah. it's our life. You get them conversations going. You know, because they really want to go pro. He yeah. do, he doesn't believe that they should go pro because he knows what he's looking at. And he wants them to succeed at the highest level. Right. So I get it, but the conversations change, their, man. Their they stock, just change. Their stock is going to be higher next year. Shador is going to be in a draft with quarterbacks that, with, without Caleb Williams. He'll be, he'll, he'll be the head of the class. He'll be the most talked about quarterback in the class. He, he will not be if he comes out this year. Shador... I mean, I mean, Shiloh's situation is much different than Shador's. His draft status is much different than Shador's, and it will be better next year if he yeah. stays and has an improved season. I got okay. $200 million for you. You ready to take the job, Richard? Look, look, I ain't coaching my sons. Where are we going? <laughs> okay, speaking of star young quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, is he on his way to the greatest rookie quarterback season ever? We discuss. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right. Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me. That's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure, my boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me. Or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. 
You can certainly make the case C.J. Stroud is on his way to having the greatest rookie quarterback season ever. I'm not ready to go quite that far, not yet, but Keyshawn, are you? I, I am, Skip, and I start off by saying when you, you know, we say history ever, I, I'm only going to go with notables, right? I'm going to go with, with Andrew Luck, Robert Griffith III, Cam Newton. Let's keep it, let's minimize it and keep it to those guys. You know, I don't want to get into the history of it because if we go into the history of it, it's all different eras, different times, the way that they do things. But based per, just per projections on statistics, all of those guys, or, or Andrew Luck threw for 4,300 yards, Cam Newton threw for slightly over 4,000. Robert Griffith, 3,200, but had 900 with his legs on the ground. Mm -hmm. Both Cam and Andrew Luck threw for 15-plus interceptions. Stroud is nowhere near that, no, on his, no. you know, nowhere near. So he's looking at 5,000 yards in the air, 28 touchdowns to four interceptions. And so when you start looking at those projections in those, in those numbers, and if, if I'm thinking about those three quarterbacks, he surpasses them. None of them, in my mind, if I can remember, was ever in an MVP conversation as a rookie. He's in an MVP conversation. They're one game out of first place, okay? If they win this division and he stays on pace at 49, call it 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, four or five interceptions, 200 yards rushing, another five touchdowns, how could he not be a serious contender to win the MVP? So that would certainly put him in front of everybody as the great rookie quarterback the greatest rookie quarterback in the National Football League that we've ever seen. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would say he's going to have the greatest rookie season just because they, they have the 17th game now. Um, so his stats will be greater. He has an opportunity for greater stats because he had a whole other game. Um, I'd put Justin Herbert's season as one of the greatest of all time. Uh, he had 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns, so only 10 interceptions. Really strong rookie season. Um, did it well. I think they, they are going to do well because they have the 29th toughest schedule left in the league. They play the Cardinals, Jacksonville, Denver, the Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans again, and then end it with the Colts. And he could have success in all of those games. They're not playing the toughest defenses in the world. The Broncos defense, like you said, in the yep. past four games has been top five. So yep. that'll be a challenge for him. But he's been elite in terms of his yards per game, his touchdowns, his lack of interceptions, and I think that's going to continue. It, it, you know, the first couple of weeks you say, maybe that's fluky. Maybe that's, you know, maybe there's, there's, you're waiting for him to have that rookie game where he just struggles, he throws a lot of interceptions, he's ineffective, and he just hasn't really has that. Nope. And so nothing leads me to believe he's going to have it in that stretch of games. Um, but it, it could happen. He could have big games and continue to, to make his MVP case. And if he has his team winning this division in a home playoff game, a team that was supposed to be with having a top five draft pick in the bottom of the league roster, you got to give him credit. He got guys like Nico Collins having a career year. Noah Brown, who was with your Dallas Cowboys, looking like he was supposed to look when he came out. Tank Dale having an incredible rookie season. Yep. It, you you, you got to give him all the credit in the world. He's elevating that team along with D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick. They have a great rhythm and a great rapport. They have a great relationship. And you love to see things like that. So I got him, I got him having the greatest rookie season. All right. Given the schedule you just detailed, 
he well could. He's on his way. When you're leading this league with 292 yards a game passing, you're doing something really special. He's throwing it down the field. He's not dinking and dunking. And when you don't turn the ball over at all, just two interceptions, it's, it's almost impossible for a rookie quarterback to do that because we remember Peyton's rookie year, he led the league in interceptions. I wasn't the biggest Andrew Luck fan coming out of college because he was a turnover machine at your school. And right away, that first year, he threw for a bunch of yards, but he threw a whole bunch of picks because he threw 18 and he lost five fumbles. So the, the 23 turnovers ranked second that year in the league to Mark Sanchez. So then Jeez. that year, I was an RG3 fan when he won the Heisman at Baylor, and, and he comes out with tw- only 20 touchdowns, as you point out, but he did run for, what was it, 900 yards, and only five interceptions. So he was sort of on the same arc. He just wasn't throwing as many touchdown passes as CJ, who has 15 now. So would he get more than 20? Sure, he would down the stretch. But listen, Robert won Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he deserved it because he turned that team around. It was a Shanahan coach team, both Mike and Kyle, and they won the division. And then they had you guys down in a playoff game, 14 to nothing when he finally, he'd already hurt his knee, but then he blew it up. And that was the end of that deal. You guys came back and beat them at Washington. The point is then Dak came along and I'm going to defend Dak here because I still think he had the best rookie quarterback year ever. And I, I got you on Justin Herbert. That just that in his starts, they were six and nine. So they weren't a great team. But Dak went 13 and three as a rookie quarterback with 23 touchdowns, only four picks. I mean, that, that's he was the offensive rookie of the year. That's pretty sensational. That would be the benchmark for me for CJ. Yeah, and I think and I think he surpasses that. Benchmark the problem yeah. that you had with Dak Prescott. Again, he was not the starter. The starter was Tony Romo, and yeah, then but, he eventually took over. No, but he did, remember Romo got, but he broke his collarbone against what, these what, guys. No, no, I'm saying, I, right. I'm saying, yeah. you know, so he went into it. He went into yeah. it without the sizzle. Yeah, but but I mean, he started he game started. one. He 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 didn't take over like what, in game what, five. What I'll say is, no, he, I understand. Yeah. Is he yeah. the reason he had more success, and that's not seen the same way, is because he had a talented roster. And they I was had a really there. talented roster. I was going to say, I was going to say that team was built for Tony Romo. Yeah, they had a, it was a talented roster. They were already in the mix. They went thirteen and three. This situation was supposed to be the bottom of the barrel. Yep. Who are we going to trade for? Who are we going to sign for in the offseason? What are we going to do? Now, all of a sudden, they're one game out of first place, and this kid is playing at a record pace. Again, I must say, all these other quarterbacks that we're naming, they were never in a conversation of MVP as a rookie. No. He has caught whatever momentum that has been pushed his way, he's catching fire with it. So every day now, we're talking about does he deserve to be an MVP? Where should he rank in the MVP conversation? That wasn't happening with Luck, Griffin, Dak, Justin Herbert didn't even win enough games. Well, it's never happened. I'd have now, to. all of a sudden, no, I don't. that's what I was thinking. I was no, like, it's never happened. was it Dan Marino? Yeah. I'm like, I got to go all the way back to that to think about it. No. But this is happening now before our eyes, the conversation. So if a conversation is happening about a kid playing the way he's playing, and it's about MVP, again, none of those guys were mentioned in the MVP so clearly, he's having the best season of any rookie quarterback in the history of the league. And just it's based on that. It's the way it's the way he's doing it. 
that's the thing that's getting it. It's the way he's doing it. He's he's throwing the ball down the field. He's taking deep shots. He making he's making it look really easy. He's making very hard, very tough situations, very tough throws Agreed. look incredibly easy. Everybody's like, why isn't everybody playing quarterback like this? Because it's not that easy. The kid shows incredible poise in the pocket. He shows incredible poise down the stretch of ball games. To, to only have played nine games and to have a two game-winning drives when your team needed it against a really good quarterback in Joe Burrow, you deserve a ton of credit. That's why he's in the MVP conversation. And if he continues and he beats the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's a, who are a division opponent, and keeps playing the way he is, there's nothing to say this won't be the greatest rookie season. Usually I hate to have conversations like this because I don't want to put this onus on a kid's head for down the street. What do they have left? Uh, eight games left? Eight, yep. It, it, it's it's close to being too much too soon. But every time I watch this kid interview, he, he but just is seems it, so. But but but, but is it he though, seems Skip? So is it, it too it, much too soon? Well, or is it or is it that just I mean, or is it, it that you just feel that it's too much? No, too it's soon? just history would tell you he'll have some tough games because you you it's it just history would scream at you. Be careful. It's about to careful. happen. But here's yeah. what I would say about that history. Yeah, I've never seen. This. No, you haven't seen Okay, that. I've seen, oh, he looks good. Yeah. Oh, he looks good. Yeah. He yeah. looks good, but I've never seen this. Yeah. Do you ever you, see, you know, with this kid, do you ever see shaky in the pocket no, at all? No. No. Do you, no. Do you ever see any panic? Do you no. Ever, do you ever, no. If I, I took, if I took the jersey off and tucked the braids inside the yeah. helmet mm-hmm. and you never saw it, and it was just a guy in a silhouette doing this, Agreed. you'd be like, wow, oh, man, that's his 10th year, huh? He looks really good. You wouldn't even think rookie quarterback. Yeah. You would never say, well, you got to be careful. History shows. Well, so far, it hasn't shown. He, yeah. he doesn't have the accuracy numbers of Aaron, but he does have the touchdown to interception ratio that only really Aaron has, yeah, has had yeah. where this ratio is this high, where a guy is throwing close to 20 touchdowns and fewer than five yeah. interceptions. But Aaron is going to do it at like but, 68% but, but, completion percentage. But think about it, though, Richard. He wasn't doing it in his rookie year. Thank you. Thank you. You're talking about a guy who's seasoned who's doing that. And that's, that's why you got to give Ohio State coaches a lot of credit because you look up in the league in these rookie seasons that these guys are having. You're looking rookie year. Zeke was up for the, the rookie of the year. Chris Olave, uh, Garrett Wilson Jr., um, Marshawn Lattimore when he came out, defensive rookie of the year. This kid's up for rookie of the year. It's, it's year after year. So Ohio State is developing NFL-ready players. Oh, they, yeah, that's, that's way back to the dude, Earl Bruce Earl, Earl Bruce, whoever it was that sucker punched the guy on the sideline. I go way back. Ohio State's always loaded. Woody Hayes. I mean, they got the glasses yeah. skipped, so I always they all get them. Alike. Yeah, they all look alike. <laughs> you know, so, from back in that day. Last quick point about what you said about if you didn't know who C.J. was, if you didn't know where he'd come from or that he was a rookie, if I'd brought, let's take a Martian down to watch the game, somebody who knew nothing about football on Sunday through the fourth quarter, mm. the Martian would have turned to me and said, well, well that, that player is better than that player, as in CJ is better than Joe Burrow because he completely outplayed him in the fourth quarter at Cincinnati. Yeah, I didn't need, yeah. the, I didn't need a Martian to yeah. tell me that. Yeah. I was watching the game. No, I, I got it. But, <laughs> but, but, again, it's just shocking to me that, that he could completely outplay 
a guy who's been really clutch in a lot of big moments and a lot of big playoff games at Kansas City, at Buffalo. But also, you got to yeah. give credit to D'Amico Ryans on the defensive you side that put Joe yeah. Burrow in those situations yeah. to create the turnovers or harass him or get him off mark. It goes hand in hand when you got good quarterback play in a dominant, somewhat defense yeah. that's playing pretty good football, yeah. you're going to have success. Well, de defense is about effort and attitude. And, you know, D'Amico Ryans is a great motivator. He's a great leader of men. Yeah. So he's going to have them hustling. He's going to have them moving. He's going to have them believing they can win these games. But C.J. Stroud is playing like a multi-year Pro Bowl player, an all-pro in his future for sure, and it's consistent. He, he is consistent in his behavior, his approach, his pocket presence, and he's beating good quarterbacks. And that's why the top five conversation has to be had because it can't, he can't be, be cemented in it because he doesn't have the time. He doesn't have the seasons and the playoff success that Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes have. He doesn't have the MVP that Lamar Jackson has. He doesn't have the efficiency um, of some of these other quarterbacks over the long term. But the way he's playing as a rookie surpasses a lot of these guys' rookie seasons, and we would not be having these conversations about a lot of these guys. You, you expect rookie mistakes. You expect huge Bad games where you're like, man, he's got to learn, especially when you don't have an established team with great playmakers. He's making Nico Collins look like a Pro Bowl receiver. Tank Dale look like he's going to be a good, really good receiver in this National Football League. He's actually making Noah Brown look like a Pro Bowl receiver. Man, Noah old. Brown? Noah Brown? <laughs> Projections are all part of it, though. Okay. And, and again, my, eye, my, my instant eyes tell me as an instant evaluator, I can look at certain guys in the rookie season at this position and go, he can play football or he can't play. It's very simple. It's not hard. We make it complicated because that's just what we try and do. But if you look at certain guys at this position, you go. No, I don't think we make it. I think okay. it is very complicated. Right. No, it's, it's not. Very, yes, it's it not. It's, it's not complicated. You make it complicated because when people in the league make up their mind about an individual and you know this, Richard, Oh, he can't play. Oh, he can't play. He's not good enough. They don't let it mature. They don't give it time. It's instant gratification, yep. microwave style, right? So the first thing they say is Geno Smith, oh, he can't play football. They run him out of the Jets. He's buried as a backup, which he should have been in New York to the Giants. And then all of a sudden he goes as a backup to the Chargers. But Pete gets him. He looks at him. He goes, oh, that dude can play. And then he inserts him and gets rid of Russell Wilson. Everybody's like, what the hell is Pete doing? He's tanking. No, he just knows what he's looking at. He's not making it complicated. Same thing with Joshua Dobbs. He never got an opportunity. Now he starts to get a little bit of opportunities, and it's like, man, I think they, I think they hit on something. No, he's just getting an opportunity. Right. That's all. It's that, not that complicated. That, well, it's a little more complicated than can a player not play, but I agree with you that we're in a microwave society where you can't make a few mistakes as a rookie without them condemning you to be a bust. You know, you play Absolutely. a few bad games, you go into five games into your rookie year, and they're calling people bust, which is, which is remarkable because back in the day when social media didn't exist, they used to give people leeway. They used to give people a chance to say, hey, two, three years, then you'll figure out what the guy's going to be. After three, four games, you're either saying, this guy's the future or this guy can't play at all. And to your point, Peyton Manning came into the league throwing interceptions consistently. Andrew Luck threw interceptions consistently, but he could play. He could play, and he could play at a high level, and he could win ball games. And it's if you give people a chance to show what they can be, then maybe you'll learn that guys can be something special. But C.J. Stroud is right now cooking with grease week in and week now out as a rookie. You go back to Josh Allen. And when he was the first couple years in, in, in Buffalo, 
Oh, God, the sky is falling. They went out and made a couple adjustments, got digs, and the next thing you know, life changed. Hmm. It completely changed. Cowboys did it with Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott. What's wrong with them? Huh? John, you act like there's never been a bust at quarterback. If people no, no, just there's be been, there's no. Just, just be no, patient no, no, and they'll no, turn around. No, no, that's yeah. not what I said. Mm, I said being able is. to identify the ones oh. that can play versus the ones that can't. You ask me about Jamarcus Russell, I tell you in a heartbeat. Man, that dude couldn't play. Okay, I told you that when he was at LSU. He I sat play. right here on TV and I said he can't play. Can't play. Al, what are you doing? Al, wake up. Just because well, he can throw it 75 yards in the air? Come on, Al. Yeah, I mean, you know how Al is big play. I'm going to evaluator, so. Yeah. Okay. All right, I can't wait to talk about this. Jim Harbaugh. The Harps. Says Michigan should now be America's team. Really? No mercy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim Harbaugh delivered a monologue yesterday to the media that bordered on deadpan stand-up comedy. Suffice it to say, Harbaugh was in a very good mood despite being suspended by the Big Ten for Michigan's last three games. Harbaugh says he will speak in court on his behalf at a hearing Friday in Ann Arbor, but here is some of what Harbaugh had to say yesterday. Perseverance, you know, and then the just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, Watson, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that that uh, you know beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and you know critics, so-called experts think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. Richard, are you okay with Harbaugh saying Michigan has become America's team? I'm okay with him saying whatever he wants at this point. Uh, His team's playing well. He's suspended. um, And he's right. America does love a a story like this. They love people that that fight against the old ways, fight against the machine, felt like they were done wrong and are overcoming uh, that treatment. But, uh, you know, I, the America's t- team thing, you know, they might be America's uh, most watched team right now and mo- get the most attention because so. they're in this situation. And the Big yeah. Ten is, uh, you know, you try to find that fault. There are college football purists that will say, stand on one side of the fence and say, you were wrong and you broke the rules and you deserve to be punished. And there are people on the other side, like myself, that say this is an antiquated rule that needs to be <laughs> that needs to be changed. That needs to be fixed. And college football needs to be updated. Look and see what that word was. Man. <laughs> and make sure that these, players, that these players 
get a fair chance and his coach gets a fair shot because they are playing well. They have earned this opportunity and it's a billion dollar industry and teams have been doing what this team has done for a long time because the availability is there. The technology is there. If I'm, if you, if I can see your sideline and I can get these signals and I can analyze them and get an advantage on game day without going to your facility and doing anything illegal, that's what's going to happen. I'm in America. Last I checked, right? I mean, you are. I, I, and I don't see where the Michigan Wolverines are America's team. They certainly not my team. So, and I'm part of America. <laughs> so he can miss me with that. I'm not rooting for or against them. I really don't care. At the end of the day, you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. We're not stupid. We're not dumb. I understand what you're saying, Richard. Everybody did it. Yeah, but does it make it right? Because yeah. everybody's doing something. Does it? As I would tell my kids, I would say the same thing to Jim Harbaugh. Just because that kid did it doesn't mean you got to do it. Because if that kid jumped out the airplane without a parachute, are you? Are you? No, you're not. So don't do something because somebody else is doing it and lean on that as an excuse. What odds are you up against? What's your perseverance? What are you? What is he talking about? The odds of a head coach not coaching his team in a, in you're a game. You're better than everybody you're playing. You're not better. Are they better than your staff? Your, your staff is put together. Every they know exactly what you want to do. They got the signs. They already got that written down. So if you're not involved in it. Mm. And they coaching it up the way they did against Penn State. That just goes to show you, you obviously ain't that wanted if they went out there and they just ran through nope. Penn State on the road. Yeah. If you stumbled up and lost, then I could say, well, yeah, if the coaches. Oh, but I guess you would tell me now, Michigan Wolverine fans, along with you, silently Michigan Wolverine, because that was your coach, I understand, that – they played for him. You, it was all about him. They went out there for him. I'm sure that's what everybody going to try to sell me. I'm not buying it. They got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, okay? Now, I wanted them to wait. I would have just waited the three games and uh, see what happens down the line and then figure it out later on. Yeah. Because trying to punish them now doesn't make any sense because they most likely are going to go on and beat Maryland. And then we'll see. What happens with Ohio State? Ryan Day in Ohio State has had opportunities to lose games this year, and we've watched him lose in the past despite who was on the other sideline coaching. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Okay, I'm going to stand by what I said to both of you yesterday. I believe the Big Ten just won the national championship for Michigan, and Jim Harbaugh is smelling that same blood. He is running with the new narrative of, oh, woe are we, and people are chanting, free Jim Harbaugh, free Jim Harbaugh. So he goes to the point yesterday, and I'm going to repeat what he said. America loves a team that beats the odds, beats the adversity, overcomes what the naysayers odds? Okay, I, I'm with you, Keyshawn, because America should not love a team that did cheat. I got you, Richard. It's a silly rule, but the rule is the rule. They blatantly violated the rule way, way worse than anybody else did from what I can gather, what I can read, what I can see. They had a system in place. They actually hired a rule beater or breaker, however you want to say it. The Stallions character who wound up, according to the Big Ten report, standing on the sideline next to the defensive coordinator, leaning in his ear, whispering as he deciphers the signals across the field from the offense telling the defensive coordinator, run or pass, run or pass. It's a run. It's a run. It's a pass. It's a pass. Okay. It's so blatant that the Big Ten said, 
you violated the credibility of our sport. Well, you, you have. And, and I'm not saying that everybody else isn't trying. I just don't think they stoop to the levels that Michigan stooped to. So even if they did, Skip, they didn't get caught. Well, they didn't get caught. But again, is America's team, should, should we love it and embrace it for cheating, for breaking the rules? Because that's what happened. And I'm not sure what Jim is going to say for himself in a court of law, although in Ann Arbor, he could probably get away with saying about whatever, whatever I mean, he wants to say. I mean, these are these are rules built by an establishment. And so the rules are, are made to be to be adjusted, especially as time and, and technology evolves. You were right. But this isn't a legal matter. This isn't them doing something illegal. This is an outdated rule that needed to be changed. That well, technology it is illegal, as, else he would be suspended. It, illegal is much different than against the bylaws of the, the organization. So illegal means it's, it's illegal. It's a law that he broke. This well, isn't a law, a law that he broke. And so the fact that, yes, you can make this a store. You can give them a chip on their shoulder that yeah. they didn't necessarily have because they are a very talented football team. They are favored in most of the games that they play, and they should be. But the biggest game of the year is coming up after this Maryland game against the Ohio State University. And for them to say, regardless of his impact or not, if they lose that game and he's not on the sidelines, they will have a legitimate gripe. They will have a legitimate gripe because you did not allow their kids to be in the best position with their head coach on the sideline. If they win that game, they will say, we overcame the circumstances. We overcame our head coach not being there, and we did it for our head coach. You're giving them a rallying cry. Look, in the end, yes, they got a good football team, and they go up against Ohio State, and they very well could win or lose a football game. That's at it, Michigan, but go ahead. At, at yeah, Michigan. Yeah. And in the end, though, Richard, they did something that they shouldn't have been doing. Yes, it may be in the bylaws, and it may not be legal, and it's not law, it's not out in government and all of that, but in terms of the, the bylaws of the Big Ten, it's illegal to do what they did. It's egregious to do what they did. Skip just easy. told me. Mm -hmm. Guy standing over there whispering to him, plays from the other side, but your head coach is about 10 yards away. He don't know who, the, <laughs> he, he, who this dude is. How many teams you done been on with a dude on the sideline that's supposed to be there and somebody on the sideline go, man, where that dude from? Who, what, where, where we find him at? No, no, so you no, sitting no. there going to tell me that he had no idea that this was going on? Is he really getting ready to try to tell me this on Friday when he steps up to – to court? Is he really getting ready to say, well, I had no knowledge that a guy on the sideline is standing there talking to my D.C. and giving information to my D.C.? I'm just coaching. I don't know what's going on on my sideline. Key, that's the thing about the legal system. It is not always what it, it actually happened. It is sometimes what you can actually prove. And if you cannot prove that this man knew or was involved in it at all, it's your, it's go he's going to have a fair argument to make. I, you I'm not saying that he's not. I just want you to be problematic in this situation, Richard, and not be blinded by the fact that there's a man standing next to you or next to you, one of your coaches that you claim, I'm assuming you're going to claim, I don't that, know who he is. that you don't know who this dude is. But all of a sudden, every single game, you got this same guy who's standing there, but you know all your other staff, but yeah. some stranger's just standing there. Next to the D.C. Look. He ain't holding the car. He's not a water guy. He's not a trainer. He's a guy who's helping the D.C. Anybody that knows me knows I am not a Jim Harbaugh fan. It's <laughs> not, at all I'm in not the saying league. that you're not. I'm, I'm saying I, mean, yeah. I hear what you're saying, and I, I challenge at the end of the day, 
suspending them three games, it, it won't matter because it won't change anything if they make these playoffs and they're st- if they're still doing the same thing and they win the national championship. So I'm, I'm That's with why you. I want them to wait, though. I, I, I just wanted them to wait to let it play itself out. I yeah. think the Big Ten jumped the gun. It was it, – it, it, <sighs> Okay, so I'm going to repeat that I was a little surprised yesterday, though I guess I shouldn't be, knowing Jim Harbaugh, that he was not taking this seriously at all in his remarks to the media because he went into, for him, stand-up comedy because he said, I've always felt like it would be cool to get up there and thunder away at a jury like Tom Cruise and a few good men. Well, these are not the kind of lines from a head coach who's been suspended by the Big Ten and is going to go fight it in court because I'm sure there's a sympathetic judge in Ann Arbor, but but if he or she happens to read this quote, they might think, man, Jim, you're, 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 you're laughing at us, right? You're, you're, just, you're making a joke out of this. It's not a joking matter if you're trying to get some sort of stay, some sort of injunction to stop your suspension. So I, I just don't know. Yeah, yes, I have. Yeah. But, I, but I also, first off, that's not funny. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It might be a little older than For, you. But, but I, I think it just shows his confidence, Skip. I think he thinks they have a fair case. I think he's being advised that, hey, we're going to go in there and we have a very strong chance of getting this, getting the injunction in place and allowing you to coach against Maryland and coach against the Ohio State University in the game, uh, their rivalry game at the end of the season. So that's all that shows me is that he's real comfortable in they, their case. Okay. Jack was real comfortable when he took the stand, too. He was he? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was award-winning. Did you order the code? Uh, that's correct. <laughs> so the, the point is here that it's hard for me. Maybe I don't know enough about what's going to happen in court, but it's hard to believe they're going to have a turnaround on Friday afternoon to allow him to coach on Saturday early at Maryland. That, well, they, they suspended him on a Friday, so no, he couldn't coach well, against Penn exactly State. Why, so yeah. I'm sure that yeah. they could get it turned around that fast. They did it the opposite way. Why wouldn't they? I don't know. Well, I mean, even if they can't, they, they, their biggest thing is for him to be on the sidelines when they play Ohio State. That is correct. And I believe they're going to win all their games. I think they're going to win out. Well, here we go. Speaking of winning out, or at least the next five games, I'm on record. My Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons just had statistically Uh the worst game of his career because he had no stats. I'm about to tell you how concerned I am about that. You damn right I ordered the code. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In Sunday's 49-17 blowout of the Giants... My man, Micah Parsons, played 68% of the snaps. He looked like he was healthy enough, yet he registered zero stats for the first time in his career. No solo tackles, no assists, no tackles for loss, no hits on the quarterback, no sacks, no nothing. Richard Sherman, how concerned should the Cowboys, heck, how concerned should I be about Micah's no-show? Not very concerned. This is a blowout game. Um... They had five sacks in the game. They're probably doubling, triple teaming him, you know. But I, you, you would think that you would get at least a tackle, an assist tackle, quarterback hit or something. But I wouldn't be concerned. This isn't um, 
a testament to his impact on games. You know, he had a good game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he had a sack and a half in that game. And that was the last big game you guys played. So I wouldn't be too concerned. He's, a, he's still a great player, a great talent. Um, just one of those days. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be concerned about it at all, Skip, to be honest with you, except the fact that I want to see a guy at this level participate. I, I just need you to participate. You got however many quarters and snaps that he had, participate. Mm. I don't need you to be a PI. You know what a PI is? A pile inspector. Mm. I don't need a guy standing over the pile looking. That, okay. That's one thing Micah Parsons is not. Uh, uh, okay. But, but yeah. what was suggested in this particular game yeah. is your pile inspector by logging zero statistics. You, you couldn't get a assist. You couldn't dive on the pile. J-O-P is what we like to call the jump on pile, guys. We yeah. know those, me and Richard. Yeah. That's the only concern that I have because, it, it, look, this is not a trend that's going to continue. No. So I wouldn't worry about that. But I need participation. Yes. I just do. I, I can't have a guy who I'm about to pay in the offseason as the highest paid defensive player in the history of the game mm -hmm. without even an argument. Yeah. Not log something. Give me something. Something. Give me a, a pass interference. Give me something. Show me he was active. Yeah. Give me a hand to the face. Give me something. Mm. Not just zero across the board when you actually played in the game. Mm. Now, just be an active participant. That's all I'm asking. Okay. So I'm going to do my best, Keyshawn Johnson here. It's the Giants. This is the Giants. <laughs> okay, that's the point. It was just the Giants. It was Tommy DeVito playing smaller than Danny DeVito, and Tommy would try to escape the pocket and get out and run a little bit. He was sitting duck. He was begging to be sacked. And... A guy I have raved about, a guy I have fought for, a guy we did a music video about two football seasons ago, a guy I have dared to say belongs at least in the same conversation with Lawrence Taylor. Same con I know. I, I got it now after this Saturday, because speaking of Lawrence Taylor, this was the kind of game against the team he used to play for. But the, the Giants are so bad that this is the kind of game that Lawrence Taylor would eat in. He would eat and eat for three quarters until Bill Parcells says, come, come over here and stand by me. You've, you've done enough. And he'd have four sacks in this game. And he'd have five quarterback hits in this game. And I'm shocked that my old Micah, 11 from heaven, looked lifeless. I, I watch, I'm looking, I, every Every snap, every defensive snap, my eyes go to 11. Where, where is he now? He's going to line up on the edge. He's going to line up in the middle. Is he going to back? Is he, is he going to back off and play linebacker and defend the pass? I want to know where 11 is. And I kept watching 11, and he just wasn't into this game. It's possible that he has a young, the, the new generation mentality of, it, it's the Giants. He is like your, your attitude, Keyshawn. Like, what, what, you expect me to get up for the Giants? Yeah, I do. I, I do. Yes. No, I do. Yes, my, yes. My, attitude, my attitude is not don't show up. Yeah. My attitude is you're going to beat them because it's the Giants, Skip, at the end of the day. But I also understand that if you are not a willing participant in a game that you are going to win, why even dress? <laughs> right, right. Why I, even dress then? I, I, if I, you I, feel I, that way, yeah. why even dress? I'm not down on him. I think this is I, just I one it. game. Right, yeah. I think the next game he'll play better. 
in the next game after that, he'll be he'll be a participant. Well, he, I just want him to be a participant. Maybe he was saving himself. But right? but but that's you, you're right, Skip. Because games like this, you usually feast as a it's, defensive it's line. Feast. It's one of the worst it's, offensive lines in the National Football League. Saving and yourself for it, what though? That's that's. I didn't say saving himself. I, I didn't did. Say, oh, okay. No, I, I was joking. Himself. Maybe he saved uh, himself for the stretch run, right? No, no, no. Yeah. But. But what I'm saying is this is why he isn't right now in the conversation with elite guys Correct. like like Max Crosby, like, like Miles Garrett, like, like T.J. Watt. I mean, even Daniil Hunter. Yeah. I mean, uh, Nicholas John Bosa isn't yeah. having a season he no. wanted. He only has four and a half sacks on a season. But every game, I'm sure he's going to log a stat. He's going to at least tackle a, a quarterback hit, some hurries. He's pass rushing still at a high rate. But there are guys, I mean, Khalil Mack is having a pretty good season. He's He's got, got less sacks than a guy, um, Justin uh, out of Baltimore, the D tackle out of Baltimore, um, he's got, I think, eight yeah. sacks, eight and a half sacks on the season. Their defense is playing yeah. well. But you've got to find a way if you want to be in that conversation. You're talking about Lawrence Taylor conversation. Like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, miss me with that, Skip, because it's not impactful enough. You can't have a conversation about Lawrence Taylor or anybody like that if you disappear for long stretches no, I, I of the it. season like that. You, you, I want you to get it because don't mention Lawrence Taylor and him in the same sentence until you get it. <laughs> when you get it, I, I understand. Okay, but. If we go back two years ago, I can. If we got to go back two years, you can't put him in a conversation. I got it. But I'm just saying at that point, and you say you're cherry picking. No, it was it was an orchard. That's that's what I'm picking. I'm picking the whole orchard because he had game after game where he wrecked the opposition. He had some games where I would just say, my God, he had a game against Washington at Washington where he destroyed their little quarterback. And I'm saying, this is unbelievable. He had a game in New Orleans on a Thursday night where he just destroyed New Orleans He's offense. a talent, Skip. He's, he's a, a talent. talent. He's a, he's a talented talent. guy. The problem with right. Micah, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, I don't be right at everything. Some things I'm right about, some things I'm wrong about. He has a motor that's not high at all times. His motor to be in that conversation with the ones of some of the guys that Richard mentioned, at yeah. the beginning of the season, I picked him as our defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. He did. Okay? So did Since I. then, I don't know if he's even going to make any team no. in the postseason based no. on his performance this year. You want to see a guy like this with this unlimited potential show up every single time he touches the Absolutely. field. Yeah. You don't want to have a gap in between where we're scratching our heads and going, where was Mike at? Because until we started this conversation, I would have sworn the dude had five tackles, a yep. uh, uh, batted down ball. Like I said, give me something. Give me a hand to the face, and, and I'll take the flag because I know you are a willing participant. You are somewhere of the 11 because essentially what you're telling me right now is they were playing with 10 guys on the field. They were. Well, well I mean, it, because defense is one of those things, Skip, you can get as involved as you want to be. And if so I feel like a willing participant all the way across the field to get in on the tackle, well, then a, a couple plays in the game, I might sprint from the left corner to the right sideline just to get in the action, just to get my shoulder pads what and my you jersey dirty. about playing defense? It's about effort, effort and, and attitude. It's called willing participant. Yeah. yeah. Are you a willing participant who wants to be involved at all times around there? Again. Just give me a hands to the face, okay. man. All I need is one of those. So, Jets, game two at Jerry World this year. Man, he was a terror. He mm-hmm. was all over poor Zach Wilson. He sacked him twice. He, he hurried him five more times. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's the guy. You yeah. know, that's, that's who I want to see. 
even at Philadelphia, he had a sack and a half, and he did have he, – he went up with nine total tackles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? I, I can live with that because, Perfect. yeah, you, you took it up a notch. Okay? Giants, I, I want to see you eat. I want to see you terrorize that poor young quarterback who probably doesn't have much of a future in this league because that's who you are and that's what you do, and you weren't into it. So we've talked about Micah podcasting on – I think he does it on – is it Monday or Tuesday? I don't know. But the point is – I'm fine if you podcast, if you can back it up and dominate. You you can podcast all you want if if you live up to it on Sunday. And if you don't, then I'd prefer you not podcast. They they, And and, and Richard knows this, and Richard may not cop to it just because that's how he does things with me sometimes. (laughs) But when you got games like the Giants, I know as a receiver – I'm picking straws on who I got next. We, we going with that. And you know defensively, Richard, when you're playing against certain teams that ain't doing certain things that you know your strength is, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to eat, eat today. Yeah. Okay. In, in Micah's attitude, based on his stat line, he didn't have that mentality. Yeah. And so that mentality now allows us to break him down and dissect him and yeah. criticize him for something that we know Good and well, he's capable of doing sure. because it's mindset, and that, and he has all the work, talent in the world. So that's not up for debate. His talent is generational. His talent is otherworldly. I mean, there, his quickness, his twitch, uh, his his when he's involved and he's he's engaged, his motor is unbelievable. He's chasing quarterbacks down. Yep. But in order to put him in the conversation with the greats, even today's greats, so you don't don't mention Lawrence, you know, <laughs> but today's greats, the Miles Garrett, the TJ Watts, the Max Crosby, the Nicholas John Bosa, even the Joey Bosa's, the Khalil Max of the world. Fair you enough. have to be consistent. You have to do it week in and week out. And when it's bad teams, like, there's an expectation. There should be a dependability of, like, hey, I don't even need to look. I looked at that score. I saw it's a blowout. I know Micah had two sides. Lifetime Dallas Cowboy fan, right, Skip? You are. Sure. You know every player that's ever put on that uniform. If you, you don't know him, you'll find him. I'm going to tell you a guy that I played with in Dallas in DeMarcus Ware. Mm-hmm. I ain't never seen his stat line say zero. And, and people will say Micah Parsons is a better player. They would. Than Demarcus Ware, yeah, and I would tell sure. you, based on what I seen yeah, I got in it. that uniform when he was playing for the Cowboys, no, I'm not gonna say that. Okay, so I'm just not gonna say good. that. Well, and he went and backed it up in Denver and won a Super Bowl. Well, that was a mistake by y'all because he got injured. I, I got it. All I know is my team has fallen to 13th in the NFL in sacks. Not just Micah, but overall 13th in sacks. That's not what I expected. 14th in takeaways. That's not what I expected. I told both of you before the season started, my team will go as far as Micah and my defense carries my team. And that may, may well still be the case down the stretch. But at Philadelphia, Micah put up some numbers. But as Richard pointed out, wait a second, your defense gave up four drives for touchdowns, right? You did. You gave up 28 points. It's not yeah. good enough. You, yeah. You're better than that. Right. right? Well, you would, think, you would think they're better than that, but certainly has shown in the three games that they've lost, the defense was dominated yeah. against, and your main guy, Micah Parsons, although he played well against Philadelphia, I don't necessarily know that he played against the Niners nor Arizona. Yeah. And that, that's a problem when you it's predicted that the defense I was going to be a certain way. Now they're 13th in sacks, but I kept trying to tell you, sack, sack, sacks. Guess what you told okay. me? We're number one in pressures. Mm-hmm. We're number one in pressures. 
They didn't do nothing for you, though. Yeah. And, and you, need, for you. you need yep. your big-time guys to be your most consistent guys. So when you talk about a Dan Quinn coach defense that I played on, and you we did. were number one in just about every category you that you can be, it's because on the D-line, you had Mike Bennett, Cliff Averill, uh, Chris Clemens, Brandon Meebane, Red Bryan. You had guys that are pushing the limit every time every at the linebacker court. You got K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner, All you know, nine-time yep. All-Pro. You got yep. guys going, Cam and Earl in the back end. You, you got guys who will – Week in and week out are consistently dependable players. You know what you're going to get week in and week out. And right now, yeah. in his third year, after two first-team All-Pro seasons, we don't know what we're getting from Michael Barsons. Mm. Okay, up next, speaking of I told you so, Keyshawn, Bill Belichick falls to 2-8. and eight. <laughs> What's his future? Huh. He'll be coaching next uh, year. He will. Somewhere. No mercy. No mercy. Once again, it's your turn. Hashtag Undisputed Live. Here we go. First tweet from Tony D. Well, Dallas, move over, says Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> Mr. America's team. <laughs> Next, Drizzy Drizzy says, Cowboy fans, after blowing out bad teams every year. They're I think that's my man, Pat Bev. Yep. It's about right. It's <laughs> about right. I like that as painful as it is. And finally, from RGB, me looking up the term antiquated. Oh, I, I like Richard's word better. It, it's just more impactful. Yeah. The word that you. Invented. I don't even know what it, what was it. Antiquated. Oh. <laughs> I don't like oh, that. Lord. Antiquity. You know I mean? I liked it. The thing is, you made it sound good. You should just keep going though. I, don't stop I, and Paul. Just just roll with it. Because everybody else would be like, damn, he with the Stanford man. He's smart. Mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm going to put them together. You get the. You get a certain leeway to make up words at some point in your life. See, if I'd have made that, they'd be like, "I right, see, he ain't." Well, well, well. Hey, USC was ranked above Vanderbilt. We talked Absolutely. about this before. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the National Football League because Bill Belichick's Patriots fell to two and eight Sunday as they now hit their bye week. So, Keyshawn. Yes. You know Bill fairly well. How do you see his future in New England? Well, I see it as stable as a head coach, unstable as a personnel director, a guy who's general managing, running the front office. I see it as unstable. As a head coach, he's going to be stable. There's going to be some changes that'll come the offseason in the personnel department. I can almost guarantee that. Maybe even to a degree, small changes on the staff. But overall... He's too close to Don Shula's record, okay? Mr. Kraft is not a cutthroat owner, so to speak. They just gave him an extension with a number of years, multi-year extension at a very high dollar, I must, must add. I don't see where the Kraft... By the way, the extension is only for next year. I understand. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't yeah. want to get into, well, they want to hit the reset button, this, that, and the other. No, I don't think that that's the case. What they want to do is they want to reshape the front office and get that to where it needs to be and allow him to still coach, okay, and still coach team on the field. Now, you got to start with the quarterback issues that they have, and I think he recognizes, you know what, I got a real quarterback problem here. And you can tell that based on some of the things that he's done here recently with the team, 
that he's trying to gain control back of the personnel in terms of players listening to him, mm-hmm. not doing the things that they're supposed to do. He didn't just say, okay, well, I'm gone, and I don't care. Jack Jones, you can do whatever you want to. And J.C. Jackson, you can do whatever. No, 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 no. He's holding them still accountable for everything. So he's still engaged in the coaching department. Now, as far as personnel stuff goes, I think there'll be some changes there. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, like you said, he just got the contract extension. I didn't know it was just for one year. But this is a critical time for the New England Patriots and the organization because they are at a fork in the road of sorts because they will have a very high draft pick and a chance to draft a franchise quarterback if they do not believe in Mac Jones. And so, it, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the case of the, the organization. So if you do that and retain Bill Belichick, then you likely have to move forward with him in the future because he's going to have input in that decision in the quarterback that this team drafts. I would not imagine him having impact over the last two decades and all of a sudden him not having any impact at all or any say-so in who they draft. I think he's going to help them make that decision. And if they, just like we talked about with Popovich uh, in the San Antonio Spurs when they got Victor Wimbignana, it gave him more life as a coach and more excitement and more uh, motivation to coach. If he gets a quarterback like Drake May or, you know, who, who knows if Caleb Williams falls to him, um, Michael Penix, Michael any of Penix, uh, any of the quarterbacks that are high draft picks, uh, Travis Hunter from uh, Florida State, he could continue to coach and they could have a successful season or they could go with Mac Jones and say, we're going to continue, give you Mac Jones for your last year and good luck. Mm. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, I would show how they feel Yes, about sir, it. Skip. I'm going to say it again. Mm-hmm. I've been saying it for a long time. I know. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick can really coach defense. He, he could arguably be the greatest defensive coordinator ever. But as the CEO of this team, as the head coach and general manager of this team, he's nothing but an overrated product of Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Bill is now 62 and 80 without Tom Brady. 62 mm. and 80, that's 18 games under 500. That counts the time in Cleveland. That counts the first two years in New England. Mm. Without Tom Brady, he's 18 games under 500. He's just exposed. He, he's not that guy. He can't do that without that guy who became the leader of the team and the locker room leader who kept saying, it's okay, it's okay, don't listen to him. He's, he, he, yeah, he goes crazy, but it's, it's okay. We're, we're going to win in spite of that. Tom kept that locker room together for an old, old, old school coach who coaches hard. And the younger the players get without Tom Brady there, and Richard played with Tom, so you, you, Richard knows what it's like to be in a locker room with Tom Brady. With, without that guy, in your, without that buffer in your locker room, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And New England looks like it, it doesn't enjoy playing for him. No, nobody looks happy on that field. I, I don't like the body language of the team. And obviously, with the quarterback that he handpicked, out of Alabama with, what, the 15th overall pick? Mm-hmm. I said the next day, he will always leaving, leave you wanting more. Mac Jones will always leave you frustrated like, yeah, but yeah, but we, we can do. He's just not that guy. You can only go so far with Mac Jones, and he's had some moments, but, but that's all, some moments. So now you're stuck with that, and, and the only way out of it is to lose out. You, you need to lose as many. Maybe you should go with – 
Bailey Zappi and hope it all falls apart or stick with no, Mac no, Jones. Stick with Mac Jones. It's going to fall apart. It's all going to fall apart. It'll be fine. They, they have the 13th easiest schedule remaining. They go to the Giants. That's a winnable game. They got the Jets at home. They got the Chargers at home. So they have three left that are maybe winnable. But that's going to get you where at two and eight to what to win five games, four games. You don't want. I, I don't think at, at this point it's about pushing to get into the playoffs. It's about coaching. Coaches coach to win games, no matter how many are left on the board. I understand people want certain draft picks because of certain organizations and fans feel a certain way. But one of the things I can assure you, he is not going to do, is lose games on purpose to get a quarterback in the unknown. The unknown would be rookie quarterbacks that's coming in. Better than what they have, I'm sure, because I never liked Mac Jones to begin with. I liked Zappy a little bit when he took over for Mac Jones, but then yeah. that kind of went away. It did. So I understand that. As far as what you're saying about he's only as good as Tom Brady and this, that, that's a lie, Skip. No, it's I, I, I don't care the about the record school. because I can go down every single sport. I can pick on Greg Popovich if I choose to, okay, and say, Definitely well, can. Pop. Only one with Duncan and this dude. He, 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 he done nothing since that's now. True. He's got Wimbayamba. Oh, he's going to be great again. You can't. That, that's not. You don't do that because that's not the way that you evaluate you know, people based on what they have. Because, again, you, you, I can go and say the same things early in Tom's career, that it was a defensive-led team. They ran the ball with Corey Dillon and company. I, mean, I could do Bowl. all that. For one yeah, that's but, not but true. You know, you know, go look at the second that's Super Bowl. That's not true. You know, you know who you can't out. do it about? You can't do it about Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in the National I, Football I, League I, as I'm a head sorry. coach in over 17 years, and he's done it with, with whoever at quarterback. So, he's so done funny. it. So you give him credit. It's so funny you're saying this because Mike Tomlin has done it. A consistent year in the year out of winning, of winning. Right. But somebody I had a conversation with yesterday in the coaching field was having the same conversation. And one of the things that he brought up to me about uh, Coach T, who coached with me down in Tampa, is like, well, he ain't been in the Super Bowl in 15 years, Key. And I'm like, so what? You give him an opportunity, don't switch up. And maybe he'll get back to a Super Bowl. In are you giving? Are you giving him a competent quarterback? Because defensively, they got the pieces right now. You put a great quarterback on that organization. They got George Pickens. They got some weapons offensively. They will probably be a, a Super Bowl contending team. But to take. Regardless of your roster, regardless of the injuries you had, T.J. Yeah. Watt out for the season, he finds a oh, way yeah, to get absolutely. his team to win. No, no question. I'm not arguing with you about that at all. Belichick uh, has to relinquish his rights, as I said, does. as a personnel evaluator, and he can still coach football. All right. But a personnel evaluator, for, for whatever reason, he just hasn't okay. been able to get it right. All right. We need to move on because up next, we need to decide which team is more likely to make the playoffs after what we saw last night. Bills or Broncos? Not an easy question. Cowboys or Niners? Mm. Oh, no. So the Bills blew a game they had won last night with 12 men on the field for that missed Denver field goal. They fall to 5-5 five and five as suddenly hot Denver rises to 4-5. and five And now Buffalo has fired offensive coordinator Kim Dorsey, really? So, more likely to make the playoffs, Bills or Broncos, Keyshawn, you first. I think Broncos, especially with this latest news of Ken Dorsey being yep. sent packing, mm -hmm. fired, laid off, whatever you want, however you want to describe it. Mm. When you look at the Broncos, they have the 12th hardest remaining schedule. 
Okay, so sets up perfect for them. Now, when you talk about Buffalo, because that seems to be the news right now of getting rid of Ken Dorsey and then sliding Joe Brady, former LSU Carolina Panther offensive coordinator, into the equation. Mm -hmm. I understand those things. Typically, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't remember this at all, Skip, but maybe you have some in your memory about an offensive coordinator getting fired in the middle of the year and then all of a sudden coming in and running off games to sneak into the playoffs and make some noise. Nope. I've seen it with head coaches, yep. but I've never seen it with offensive coordinators in this situation. Now, here's the problem that you have. Not only is Leslie Frazier no longer your defensive coordinator. Good point. Okay, which I told everybody they were going to suffer on defense when they lost him. Yep. Ryan Dayball, several years ago, I said, hey, Josh Allen is going to look different. Oh, Ken Dorsey knows what he's doing. He's an ex-quarterback. Like, he ain't never called plays before. Mm -hmm. It's different. Now you got Joe Brady, who is the quarterback coach, but it's different when you have somebody calling plays new at the in your ear opposed to having sideline conversations with you telling you what to do. I want to see how Josh Allen responds to this, and I'm sure with a guy like Josh Allen making $200 million, he has some input on his relationship with Ken Dorsey and what you that offense that was right. doing, especially no that doubt. they brought in the quarterback coach now yeah. to call the plays. So let's see how this all works out for them, but I think the Denver Broncos out of these two teams yeah. most likely to make the playoffs. No, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that. I see the Denver Broncos as a – Pretty much a maximum capped-out seven-win team, seven-and-ten team, and that's not going to be good enough to make the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills um, have a tougher schedule, but they have more talent and, and, and more experience and ability to win these games. Now, they won't win them if they play like they did last night or they play like they had the past couple weeks. They probably won't win these games, but if that Josh Allen gets back to the Josh Allen of old, stops turning the ball over, they run the ball like they did last night, and James Cook averages 9.1 a carry, then uh, uh, I'm sure they will have a chance to win these games. But the Broncos' schedule, I got them losing to the Vikings, got them losing to the Browns, got them losing to C.J. Stroud and the Texans. They can beat the Chargers, sure. Um, I got them taking an L to the Lions. They beat the Patriots. They can beat the Chargers again. Those, the Chargers games are still up in the air. They can win, they can lose, so it could be a six-win team. And I got them taking an L to Antonio Pierce and uh, – in the there's Raiders. A lot, a lot of L's. Yeah, there's a lot of L's. They've taken a lot of L's. They're going to continue. They're going to lose 10 games. You know, they're not a great team. Their defense has been playing great over the past four weeks. They deserve a, a lot of credit. Russell Wilson is leading the NFL in touchdown percentages, but not throwing for a ton of yards, playing real, really conservative, dropping it down to the backs and letting them get yak. Um, so I, I just don't see them winning those games that where they're going to play a great defense in, in the Browns. They're going to play a Vikings team that's been on a roll Lately, I think they've won five straight. Kevin O'Connell was calling great games, should be in consideration for coach of the year. Uh, Joshua Dobbs is playing really good football, only his third week with the team. So I, I, I just don't know. Daniil Hunter deserves a lot of credit, leading the league in sacks. So, so you think here. Minnesota is going to go to Denver I was on about Sunday. to say, go, go to, to Denver, Denver and, and Joshua Dobbs is going to beat Russell Wilson and that top five defense. And the way that they've been playing over the last several weeks. That's Ooh. exactly what I'm telling you. Okay, I'm, I'm just exactly. – this is a four and five team. You're not acting like we're not yeah, talking they about. Don't, a, they don't look like four and five over the last several. Literally, weeks. if it wasn't twelve men on the field, they'd be they'd be three they and would. six. But it was twelve men on the field. Yeah. So so but they, they executed they would, their side 
perfectly so with the field goal unit, my, and the other team didn't. My Richard. only point is this isn't a team that's that's winning convincingly. If they were winning these games convincingly to a score, yeah, two but score they won games. they on Monday night at Buffalo. That's pretty good. It, yeah. it doesn't look as good anymore because Buffalo doesn't look like the team we all expected they them to be at the start the of the season. They just got the offensive coordinator fired. Right. So, again, Buffalo isn't the team we thought Buffalo was at the beginning of the season. If this was a 7-2 and two Buffalo team that they just took behind the woodshed and beat them, then sure, it's still a quality win because they also beat the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. They beat them, and they beat them convincingly. They, they played well on defense, held them to under 10 points, which yes. rarely happens under Patrick Mahomes. So I'm giving them credit. The Denver Broncos defense has played really well. I don't see them winning these games. So, Richard. Buffalo now has to go to Philadelphia, go to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. They do have to deal with my Cowboys at home, albeit at home, but they have to go to the Chargers, and then they end up having to go to Miami in what, what will be early January, whenever it's going to be hot in Miami, right? They're going to go from cold to hot. I don't know. I mean, I, division I see, games, they, they play well. four or five losses in there. They, they, which, which is fine. They still have a better record than, than I'm anticipating the Broncos having, which neither one of them will probably make the playoffs with the way the AFC is shaking out. See, I, I, when I look at the schedule, I look at them and I say, okay, they just lost. The Jets game, they got the Jets at home. I don't know what the Jets, Jets may show up, may not show. Who knows what right. that is, but the Jets certainly aren't afraid of Buffalo, no, having not. beaten him earlier this year. They're they not is. afraid of him, nope. and we're talking about divisional. Philadelphia is most likely a loss. Kansas City is, is probably a loss based on where this team is right now. Yep. I'm talking about right now. Now, we'll learn a lot about Monday night Kansas City-Philadelphia matchup on Monday night football. We'll learn a lot about what Kansas City is. Now, Dallas. Dallas ain't chopped liver, okay? Even though it's going into Buffalo, Skip, Buffalo might mentally just be checked out. Mike. Stephon Diggs may be checked out. The Chargers, that's not an easy one, mm. okay? I understand what you said about the New England Patriots being of a dog, but for some reason, that dude knows how to beat them. By the way, speaking of Stephon, Trevon tweeted right after the game last night, get 14 out of there. So, so he's campaigning. Should probably did that three out. weeks ago before okay. the trade deadline. <laughs> right, right. It don't matter now. They ain't and, cutting it. And yet, maybe I'm too big a Sean Payton fan, but he can really coach, and he can coach momentum. And yes. I look down his schedule, and I say, yeah, you could, you could, you could. They could win four or five more games and get up there toward if, – if they could get nine. They right – both of them teams is on the outside right now looking yeah. in. That's just they, – they're right. right there. All right, up next, are the Clippers about to fall to 0-5 and five with James Harden in their lineup? You couldn't wait to say that, huh? Yeah, Eesh. I couldn't. Clippers are now 0-4 with James Harden, and they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs tonight in Denver. Keyshawn, how many points will the Clippers lose by? I think, actually, the Clippers will win this game. You picking them I'm picking. I'm going to pick the Clippers to go into Denver and upset Denver tonight without Murray in the lineup. They got to get They got to get it turned around, and they know they have to. Mm. I, can, I don't understand the 0-4, though. Mm. I mean, guy comes, they lose, mm. and they lose again, and they get it again. I, I, got him, I got him losing this game by six or seven points. Okay. Um, Denver's still a well-coached team. Kevin Porter, uh, Michael Porter, my bad. Michael Porter Jr. is still there and playing well. Uh, Reggie Jackson's playing solid. Jokic will probably have 30-plus. I, I got Porter for 20-plus. They'll win this game. 
By the way, the Clippers are minus 67 with James Harden on the floor and plus 19 when he is on the bench. Something is really wrong here. And by the way, the team he left in Philadelphia is crazy hot, and this team is crazy cold. So something is not working, and I'm going to say Nuggets by 10 tonight, even without Jamal Murray. Wow. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Ty Lue just got to find. He said it was going to take 10 games. He said it was going to take 10 games to find sets and find rhythm. So he'll find his way. It might take 70 games and they'll figure out. Eh, no. Man, you're such a hater. No, I'm not. You're one of the biggest haters. You're one of the biggest haters going. there is. Oh, sorry. sorry. That's it for the move for the lightning come through here. Right. Eastern time and I can't wait. <laughs>